going on, guys? Welcome to Looking Ahead to Beto Days. I am Chris. And I'm Ryan. And uh, we've got a, a really, really packed episode today. It um, is packed full of stuff. I can't believe how much content we got in here. <laughs> yeah, just a metric fuck ton. Like, we, had, we were trying to figure out how we were going to get it all and get people to actually listen to the episode. Just so much stuff, and that's because it's on volunteering. Mm-hmm. Volunteering for Beto is probably the most um, important part i mean it's one of the biggest parts of the whole we campaign. are a grassroots campaign it doesn't work with unless you have an army of volunteers who are the grassroots so yeah <laughs> you have to have that support and yes that's, that's what we've gotten um before we get much so, further um before you when you go to listen to one of the uh one of the later segments you can catch a sneeze from hannah so shout out to hannah she gets to special guest in this episode <laughs> through a sneeze <laughs> But in the uh, yeah. in in the vein of of, uh, of of volunteering, you have to have grassroots support, and that's what Beto has. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce our segment on why Beto. Why Beto? Okay, there are a lot of reasons why I support Beto, um, but I'm going to start with how I first saw him and or heard about him, which was when he and Will Hurd had to rent that car together and do that road trip all the way up to DC because their flight was canceled. And I just thought it was awesome that these two people from different parties were debating in a very civil manner. And it really was what I wanted from my leaders in Congress was to talk to each other with respect and even if they didn't agree. And I I thought that was just great. Um, Over time, um, there's been so many more, so many more things. Beto reaches people and so across the entire spectrum, you know, from very progressive people people much more liberal than I am, <laughs> to people much more conservative than me. Um, and I just think that's great that he's able to bring so many people together. Um, but the other, uh, another reason is that I find him extremely persuasive. He's um, able to convince people Um, that's the right word but let's take gun control you may not necessarily have put a whole lot of thought to it but as you listen to him and you start thinking about all these different issues and why he supports mandatory buybacks for example um, I find it really compelling it's a really compelling argument and I think that we need someone like that to persuade people and convince people to get behind um, to get behind an idea, to, to fight for it, to push for it, um, because it matters. And if people don't care, then nothing ever happens. Fantastic, thank you. Hello, my name is Pam Junkin, and I'm from Southwest Missouri, and I'm here to talk with you about why Beto. Beto is a wonderful man. I know this from watching him, just like the rest of you. But there are some very special things about him that 
have always drawn me to him. Those things are, he speaks the truth and he speaks life. He speaks life for all of us. And why Beto? Most of us understand that everyone can intellectually identify with different circumstances. But how many of us really take the time to try to understand them? Beto is a man who wants to understand them, who wants to talk to us, who wants the Americans to be his boss, not anybody else. So let's talk a minute about why Beto because of what he believes and what he understands. He understands that climate change is real. He understands that it's going to take everything from agriculture to re-education for the changes that we have to make, and we have to make them quickly, as quickly as possible. He understands that tariffs are taxes. They're taxes against the American people. He understands that farmers can't hang on without proactive steps on the changes in their climate and their market availability. There is so much he understands about education and how it has been taken for granted for so long. We now don't even have enough teachers to cover our needs. He understands that veterans have given everything they had to give and get nothing back. He understands everyone needs health care and that we are America. So we need to have a choice in the matter. He understands how broken Washington is and why, which is probably the most important. He's educated us on how it works. And everybody is so worried about who's going to beat Trump for crying out loud. Beto can beat Trump. Lies cannot stand against truth. And Beto is a man of truth. He understands that it can't be important to win or lose. It's doing the right thing. He understands that an open border is not the answer. He understands that we have to make a better way. That involves a lot of change, but he's the man to take us there. He's the leader we need to keep our priorities straight and our vision focused. He understands equality and equity that immigration reform is needed immediately, 
and military weapons have no place on our streets. He understands about the people who rely on our social services just to have life. He understands the pay discrepancies for women. He has also made it quite clear that he understands the need for diplomacy, that we must get out of these wars, these endless, terrifying wars. He believes in having allies and partnerships and joining the global community again. Oh my gosh, I was never so devastated as when our current president took us away from the global community. Beto believes in the rule of law and he will work with Congress on both sides of the aisle to bring the unity needed to bring about the new laws that we need. And I've never heard anybody say that they're pro-abortion, but I tell you this, I do believe in women's rights and especially a woman's right to choose. The list of all the things that Beto understands and believes in. He lets us understand and believe in because he's available to us. He wants to work for us. Our voices count. Nothing else has ever mattered, whether you followed him through the Senate campaign or if you're following him now through this hopeful presidential run, I am more than hopeful. I am a proud supporter of Beto O'Rourke. And he, right now, is the man that we need to lead us during this time, the 21st century, with our 21st century problems. We had a great leader in Barack Obama, and he was a man of his time. He did what needed to be done to save our country. And I believe that Beto O'Rourke is the man who can save our country now. Thank you for listening to me. But Beto has so many good qualities, integrity, humility, character. We need character. We need moral convictions. We need Beto O'Rourke. So we actually had uh, PJ emailed me at MP3 and Dolly was a, was a holdover from last week because I totally 
forgot to add her why beto in shout out to dolly you're all, uh you're you're <laughs> awesome and she she's a listener too i felt really bad about that because she she listens like religiously like, oh no she's, oh no uh, well shout out to dolly hi dolly we're sorry we out. missed you <laughs> shout out to dolly so um so, which, yeah. which yeah, which which brings me to um, our first segment, and our first segment is actually how I got initiated into the Beto universe right before I started the podcast, and that is uh, social media. Social media is a huge aspect of um, oh yeah of the campaign. Yeah, and I was telling Brenda this, you know, uh, it, we were just chatting at one point, and it's the thing, you know, social media is incredibly important because you can do all the work you want to do, but if some people aren't seeing you work and people aren't seeing what you're doing, you know, you could, you're just working in a void. So you not only is it important to put in the hard work, but it's important that you get noticed and you get the message out there. And that's where social media really comes in. So yeah, let's hear from it. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go ahead and play this segment. I'd like to welcome on Kelly Willett. She is a social media volunteer for Better O'Rourke. Hello. Hi, Kelly. Welcome Hi. to the to the Hi. show. Um, so, Kelly is uh, is a social media volunteer, and actually, me and her became friends through doing social media. We actually hosted this really great event with Marcel McClinton. Um, it was last weekend, actually. So, I wanted to, you you put it in one of the group traps that we that we were in. What what gave you the idea to to um, do a fundraiser for him, especially since we're in Virginia and he's in Houston? Um, you know, it's a good question. It sort of it sort of just popped in my head, but I think the origin of it was the idea of supporting the down ballot candidates that we'd been doing because um, I'd just been or we had just been actually in Charlottesville with Better Work doing the Amy Lawfer event, um, and then up in Virginia doing the Dan Helmer event. So I was kind of following off that train of thought of like, how can we help down ballot candidates? Um, and I knew Marcel from the running with Beto movie. And I've, I just really, really like him. I think he's a really interesting person. I think he's doing a lot of really, really great work um, that you don't see, you know, with, with kids that age. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't even like to call him a kid. He's, you know, he's very much a grown up. Um, but I think oh, he inspires 100%. other kids I, to do I, that. I've tried to stay out of that too. Yeah. Um, but I think he inspires other other people his age to come out and do the work um, that needs to be done. And like, I mean, it's like Beto always points out as well as, you know, it's the young people that make the difference. And he's definitely on the forefront of young people making a difference right now. Absolutely. I was incredibly impressed by him um, just in general in the, in the conversations that I've, I've had with him and the reactions from the people in the room that, uh, that had just seen him speak to us. So mm-hmm. with this event, in the room, what we made, we were able to raise like like 150 bucks, something like that. 170, yeah. 170, whoop whoop. So, right. <laughs> but the big, the, and and I I want to being completely honest, I was like, man, we only raised 170 bucks. I'm kind of glad he didn't fly all the way out here for 170 dollars. And then they brought out that BuzzFeed article, and I was reading through it. And I went, holy shit. And I called Kelly immediately because we raised him $3,700. So a big part of what we were able to do for Marcel was through social media. Like I said, we raised $3,700. I streamed on Twitter. Kelly streamed on Facebook. And we just covered all of our bases. And I mean, he wasn't even here. And we streamed in through Skype. But because of social media, we were able to reach a wider audience because we're both plugged in through 
um, the Better O'Rourke campaign. So, Kelly. Yes. Tell me what it, it, what do you do as a social media volunteer for Beto? It's extremely important. Um, they always have stuff coming out, and it, it, it's just a huge part of the, the entire atmosphere of and universe of the campaign. What, what exactly do you do? Um, a lot of it is, is um, pushing content. So, you know, we get stuff through Slack. Um, anything that Beto's tweeted, I try to retweet with a comment if I have one. Um, try to comment on that. Um, you know, you're trying to get the algorithms up and that sort of thing. Um, anything that's good news that comes out of out about them, you tweet out. So pushing pushing a lot of content. Um, but also, I was thinking about this earlier a little bit, um, and I was thinking about how we try to be the face of of the Beto campaign when we're on social media. And I mostly use Twitter, um, which, as you know, can be quite a cesspool. Um, yes, it can absolutely. <laughs> so it's been a real challenge. Um, learning not to be reactive on Twitter because that's sort of part of the mission for better America is to be just a better person all around and not to be reactive to the hateful um, energy that's around us all the time. Um, and it's, it's, I'm not sure exactly where I was going that, but I was thinking about it earlier, just how much my, my approach to social media has changed. Whereas like I might, you know, get into a fight with somebody before and then, you know, an hour later, it's still in my mentions and I'm still angry about it, but I just ignore it now. And, you know, five minutes later, I don't remember what the tweet was about. And it's just so much healthier and such a better, better and also right way to go about things. Um, it's very relieving. It is. It really is. I used to get super pissed off about anything that Donald Trump did. And I still do because he's oh, yeah. a fucking idiot. But um, <laughs> I can't. I, I don't let it bother me as much, especially when you have like his, his normal followers. Like I, I don't even mess with the the random day to day people anymore. Like mm -hmm. I don't even comment. If they comment on my stuff, I let it go. No, it's I know. so relieving. Yeah, it really, really is. And you got to remember, you know, the, the bots and the trolls, um, the idea you're not going to win an argument with them. You know, the, the goal is interaction. The goal is to play the algorithm. Um, so every time you interact with one, they win, you know, so you got to just try and stay away from that and, and resist the urge as, as tempting as it is to put out, you know, your point of view, just, just report them and ignore them. Um, because that comment's going to be, you know, a floating corpse in 20 minutes that nobody's paying attention to. But if you all jump on it and make it a big thing, then guess what? It's a big thing. So it's better just to leave that stuff alone anyway. Exactly. And they, they kind of run that that through the, um, the Twitter dms because they have a, a variety of groups i actually do social media volunteering it's actually how i started the podcast was through social media volunteering mm -hmm. which has been super wonderful um i've enjoyed we've made a lot of friends like we're fr like as a group the, the better community through social media is pretty amazing it is there's a lot of diversity i've definitely met some people that i probably would never have never have met in my normal life not with um you know the the career that i work in and and that sort of thing i just wouldn't be meeting you know certain types of people um in certain professions so it's it's been really great absolutely and and back to kind of touching back on your the what you were saying about the negativity if you do respond to like the bots and the trolls um it's just a good way to get yourself suspended i try to you know protect myself as much as possible by not commenting on a lot of those things but you see a, a, a just a boatload of people getting suspended all the time yeah it's happening today right a lot of people have been suspended today 
Yeah, a whole bunch of people have been suspended today for just absolutely dumb stuff. Well, I think when so, you interact with their accounts, then they go and they don't like something, then they report it, and then they go through your account and report everything that could be possibly reportable, and then you get you get kicked off. Like it's it's just not worth it. So absolutely not. It's just it's you know, especially with like our account. I can't get my podcast uh, suspended because if my podcast gets suspended, I can't get my episodes out, which means I don't get my information out um, as effectively. And it's the same thing with the with the social media wor- world. You guys need to get stuff out fast and you can't do it if your account's not active. Right. And I don't have time to rebuild another account. So and also I like my handle, so I want to keep it. Um, so, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I don't think I'd be able to get my handle again. I, it took me too long to figure it out. So when you started volunteering for the campaign, what made you you lean towards um, social media? Um, uh, that was just the first opportunity that came up, actually. Um, I also do the texting team. Um, uh, and obviously, I host events um, and some, some other stuff, obviously, um, canvassing, canvas captain. I do a lot of things, but where I started with social media. Don't forget because, petition ballots. You guys crush it up oh there. Oh my gosh, ballot Kelly, petitions. Kelly's involved in a lot of stuff. Kelly's a very important moving part of this campaign. Thank you very much. Um, if, you, if you're in Virginia or in one of the surrounding states, please get in touch with us. We need help with the ballot petitions. It's, it's a total pain. So any help is appreciated on that end. Um, but yes, um, absolutely. I think I've had Matt and um, Michelle on here trying to plug ballot petitions. Yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> yeah. um, we'd like to get um, we'd like to do a, like a big push on October 26th. Um, there's an event out on the map um, kind of far, far west of the state. Um, so if anybody wants to sign up for that, you're we'd, we'd love to have you. Yeah, uh, if you're in the surrounding states, please come help us like North Carolina, Maryland, all of those places come help. We could use all of the people that we can get and uh, we, we reciprocate. We'll, we'll come help you guys out as well. Right. But uh, anyways, Kelly, thank you so much for coming on and thank you for sharing um, about social media with us. You're very, very welcome. Mm-hmm. Big shout out to Kelly for um, coming on. She's kind of been my partner in crime as of late. Me and her uh, set up, like you heard in the set, the segment, she's the um, Kelly that I've, I've, alluded to a few times who's who helped me set up the marcel campaign which again Mm -hmm. was made huge by social media yeah y'all knocked that out of the park yeah stupid number i I, it's outrageous um so ryan is actually a super super brave man and he went (laughs) clipboarding with uh brenda jurgens so go ahead and tell us how that yeah i actually yeah it was fun uh been trying to get brenda on the show for a while because she's one of our superstars and with this show coming up uh we absolutely had to get her on so she had a clipboarding event at the dallas cowboys game let me tell you i'm an eagles fan going to a dallas cowboys fan that was painful i didn't know if i could do it but i managed and uh yeah we sat down and had a really great conversation about uh you know canvassing and organizing and and really getting into um you know how to organize and how to start finding better supporters in your area and make this happen so yeah let's hear from brenda so yeah let's go ahead and get started we'll bring in two special guests and uh let me just get you all to introduce yourselves real quick so i'm linda loggins i'm from fort worth texas 
Hey, and I'm Brenda Jurgens, and I'm from west of Fort Worth in Alito, Texas. So, hey, well, welcome here. So, thanks for uh, thanks for sitting down and talking with me. We just got finished doing some block walking. Uh, it's hot out, so we retreated into some air conditioning. Uh, came to a TGI Fridays and having some beer and some water, so and having a conversation. So awesome. Uh, yes, it's hot. For, yes, it's very hot. Very hot. <laughs> Please don't get sun poisoning again for us. <laughs> um, so yeah, y'all do a lot of uh, uh, volunteering for Beto. You're huge Beto supporters. Uh, well, why don't you tell me like what all do you do like to help out? Well, um, so I found Beto in Nowhere, Texas with 14 other people, mm -hmm. and um, he converted me from the Republican <laughs> Party, yeah. and I realized he was truly a generational and transformative figure, mm -hmm. just a guy who was really ready for his time and this time in right. our country, and um, he asked to volunteer, and I had never volunteered in my life. Yeah, I mean, neither. Oh, yeah. never had worn... Uh, T-shirt had never really contributed to a campaign. I was a reliable voter, but um, when he said volunteer, it just sparked something in me, and I immediately started um, canvassing and calling and texting and um, just anything to make myself indispensable and try and help um, try and help get him elected. And I was really disappointed about the Senate run, but the day he announced that he was. Um, Running for president, I sent out 5,000 texts that day. <laughs> 5,000 texts, that's crazy. Yeah. I don't think I've ever sent 5,000 to ever. <laughs> it was hard. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, um, I grew up in a family where my parents were always active voters. Mm -hmm. My mother did a lot of volunteer work, so I saw that growing up, that she was committed to going out and helping and doing whatever she could. And I first heard Beto when he was in Fort Worth, um, it was probably the march before the Senate race. He came and spoke there and I heard him in person in a very crowded room in a very dark place mm -hmm. and I remember thinking, there's something about this man that I'm interested in and I have lived in Fort Worth my entire life. Tarrant County is sort of a bastion for Republicans. Mm -hmm. It's the one urban center in Texas that has consistently voted Republican. And Not I anymore. said, you know what? I'm gonna do my part to make sure that that doesn't happen. And I went through the training. I volunteered to do some phone banking. Whenever you get ready. But uh, my, my love was to go out and block walk. And so I worked out of a pop-up office in my zip code area and hit on a bunch of apartment doors and got a lot of first-time voters or people that weren't registered to vote that agreed to sign up. In fact, my husband, who had never voted before, actually registered to vote and voted for the first time oh, wow. in the Senate race. And he had gotten turned off about politics because of being in the Vietnam generation uh, and said, yeah. I don't want to have anything to do with all that. Pops in all of their houses, yeah. And because of me getting out there and committing to doing a lot of things volunteer-wise, he said, you know, this is a really important race. I feel like I really need to be heard. I said, yes, you do. Absolutely. So, so uh, for not everybody is aware, you guys predominantly do Fort Worth, uh, 
Tarrant County area. Describe Tarrant County to someone who, who's not from Texas or not from around here. Like, what are the people like here? <laughs> uh, well, first off, people in Tarrant County, I think Linda would agree, are just extremely friendly. Even mm-hmm. though Tarrant County has now is a large metropolis and, um, you know, there's a lot of transient people mm-hmm. who move in and out with large corporations. Um, you either get the Fort Worth way or you don't. And mm-hmm. people are pretty much unedited and um, very approachable. So, yeah, I um, I canvass Fort Worth a lot, mm-hmm. um, but I also canvass one of the reddest counties in um, Texas, and that's Parker County. And um, so What's like the difference there between the two? Uh, night and day. First off, uh, Tarrant County now is completely urban. Okay. Um, it is a metropolis, and uh, whenever you hit the Parker County line, you are getting into extremely rural Texas. Cow country. <laughs> Cow country. Um, it's ranchers. It is um, peach growers, pecan growers. There's a lot of agriculture, a lot of agribusiness in Parker County, and um, traditionally a Republican stronghold. Uh, Hillary took um, just about the average. She she took around four percent of the vote. Um, and you know what? We increased the vote for Beto in Parker County to over 20%. That's amazing. And you know, those are the mm-hmm. kinds of things that matter because you know you're never you might not flip a county like that, right. but you cut off the margins. Exactly. That's the kind of stuff that really makes that true. You know, I, I say you know Beto had a 254 county campaign. You know, you have a 50 state strategy. You have to, mm-hmm. you, you know, you have to compete everywhere. Yes. And, and that's really important. Those are the kinds of things that really right. flip the state. Right. But what's really remarkable is <clears throat> right on the edge of Fort Worth uh, is the community I live in. It's Alito. And um, it's, a, um, it's Beto's um, absolute demographic profile. It is um, college-educated voters. And um, what is amazing is I decided whenever Beto ran, I'm like, I can't do everything about all the peach growers and everything else, but I can focus on my community. Mm-hmm. And that's where I started walking. Mm-hmm. And I literally would walk one precinct after the other. Beto took the majority of the votes in my town of Alito. And uh, as a matter of fact, Alito contributed most of the votes to Beto. So back to if you knock on doors, if you call, if you engage with your neighbors, when Beto says, and Linda can attest to this, face-to-face contact with voters mm-hmm. has the highest likelihood mm-hmm. of them understanding who your candidate is, what he's about, what he might appeal to as far as his policies or what his plans are, it does make a difference. So I took a, I took a town that had you know, less than 3% Democratic vote and um, in a pretty good area, and we carried the majority how, of the How big is the town? Like, what's the population? Well, it's, when you say Alito, uh, uh, people, there's little areas, little yeah. pockets in between, but there's 20,000 voters. Okay, so that's a that's a sizable town. Yes. Yeah, it is now. Yeah. It was a sleepy little area for a while, but go ahead, Linda. Well, in terms of speaking about Tarrant County, you have to understand, when Trump was elected in 2016, in January of 2017, right before the inauguration, I found out that there was a group in Fort Worth, the Tarrant County Democratic Women's Group, Uh and I showed up at their first meeting in January of 2017, 
they had so many women who showed up who wanted to join after the results of the election. It is now the largest Democratic women's group in the state of Texas. Oh, wow. So you yeah. have to understand there were a lot of women who mobilized, especially in Tarrant County, who decided to run for office, mm -hmm. decided to volunteer. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, I think, the reason why Tarrant County went blue, where a lot of people voted Republican for governor, but voted for Beto for the Senate race, was because of the efforts of the women in Tarrant County who got out and got mobilized. It's all local. Everybody says all politics is local. And that's, you know, yes. yes. Having well, those down ticket people to push for you at that level makes a difference. Um, to some of the crazy things that women in Tarrant County did, they would literally drive neighborhoods, and if they found a Beto sign and a yard, they had pre-filled out note cards with uh, their information, their contact information, and would say, this Thursday we're having coffee and your neighbor supports Beto, and I would assume that you're like-minded, you know, this sort of thing. Mm. They would drop it in their mailbox, and they would start selling out coffees uh, volunteer coffee, you know, people showing up and, and all of a sudden volunteering for Beto. Nice. So it when you say grassroots, grassroots means doing a lot of really crazy stuff that pays off. Yeah. But our um, uh, new uh, Speaker of the House, who is obviously Republican, he had the meeting this year right before... Texas House. Not, yeah, the not, not, Texas not House. <laughs> yes, the Texas House. He had a meeting with all the Republicans before the league started this year, and he said, things in Texas have to change. Mm -hmm. He said, there were about 500,000 women in Texas who all told their girlfriends about Beto, and they went together to vote for him, and so the status quo cannot stand Absolutely. any longer. And I've been, I've, been, I've been preaching that, that even Beto's candidacy, even in a failure, changed the Republican Party. It made them yes. pull their heads out of their butts. So I, I tell this story because uh, I'm down in the Texas 14. My congressman's Randy Weber showed up. Uh, all his The extent of his campaign was to show up, mow the, mow the grass at the post office, get his picture fa take for the paper, yeah. and leave. And that was the extent of it. Beto showed up three times, including one time in the primary. Mm -hmm. And it made people there thinking, well, what am I getting out of my Republican congressman? Mm -hmm. We can do better. Yes. And that's why I really think that, you know, they this last session, what did they do? They, uh, instead of... Uh, Instead of passing bathroom bills, they passed uh, education reform. Yes. So, you know, and stuff like that. Tax. Exactly. So it's yes. like suddenly they're like, oh, wait, we can't just take our voters for granted. And I've always said this, you know, if, if Republicans have to uh, accept, adopt progressive ideas to win, progressives still win. Yeah. So, you know, this is a good thing. We're, we're pushing, the, the, pushing the envelope. And Absolutely. that is pushing the envelope. demonstrated. Absolutely, Ryan. But, you know, one of the things I've thought about is, um, and one of the benefits of that, um, I don't think any president going forward can always count on getting legislative achievements. Right. Having a president who can create a movement for social change where legislative achievements are not possible is absolutely, I think, important going forward. I think that's kind of where our country is going. Mm -hmm. Having a voice like Beto's in the White House who would tell, you know, 60 to 100 million Americans get on the phone and call your credit card company, call your bank, mm -hmm. call this one, call that one, and try and force change, social change, I think is probably going to be just as important going forward. And he has the ability to do that. Yeah. He, he can literally. He's demonstrating. He's demonstrating that in his campaign. That is, you know, he's raising money for uh, 
you know, he's selling shirts on his t on his website that are popular that go completely to other organizations. Yes. Well, <laughs> yeah. and I can I can cite two examples from Tarrant County from the trickle down effect that Beto had mm -hmm. within Tarrant County itself. Wendy Davis, that used to represent in Fort Worth, when she ran for governor and lost that seat, it went to a Republican mm -hmm. woman, Connie Burton who was in office and because of the mobilization of women within Tarrant County who were Democratic or said they were Democratic, we actually elected Beverly Powell who replaced Connie Burton mm -hmm. for that seat. Right. And I know also that there was one county commissioner's seat that was, I know, because a family member was actually motivated to help run the campaign for the Republican man who held the seat. Mm -hmm. He was defeated by a black woman who is now the county commissioner for Precinct 2, wow. Southeast Tarrant County. So there have been a lot of local races that benefited from not just Beto showing up and mobilizing voters. I think a lot of people felt validated because they didn't honestly know how many people were in the county that believed and felt the same way about issues that they did. Mm -hmm. And the, that's the what the campaign effect. did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Beto effect. Exa absolutely. I think mm -hmm. that, you know, I remember there was a point where they, they didn't make a big deal about the the, uh, the yard signs at first. Right. Right. Because they were like, eh, yard signs, signs don't vote. And that's right. really kind of been the mantra for Democrats right. for a long time. They signs inform. don't bite. They, right. you know, whatever. Well, people started putting those out as like badges of honor. Like, yes. no, no, I actually am a Democrat. And I'm going to vote. And it's yeah, not, and, and proud. And and, 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 not, and again, not necessarily like it was, I, I say, they became Betocrats. You know, not yes. necessarily Democrats, because let's be honest, Democratic brand in Texas still isn't very good. It's It, it still has a ways to go. But Beto, on the other hand, do you need to take that call? Or, okay. <laughs> the Beto, on the other hand, uh, um, like he really... He pushed it. He pushed the envelope, and he made something that didn't exist before, I don't think. Like you said, really brought everybody out, brought the communities together, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, wow, my neighbors are suddenly better supporters. Like, well, yeah. I, yeah. I think it got a dialogue going, and that was the most important thing because I've learned on a, on a campaign what's important is listening mm -hmm. to people and mm -hmm. let them tell their story because when you make that connection... It makes them real, and they feel like somebody is listening to their point of view. Mm -hmm. And that's what Beto does, exactly. and that's what makes a difference, that one-on-one -on -one exposure. Exactly, and that's what's got me so excited about um, you know, his presidency, is if we can replicate that nationally, mm -hmm. you know, actually get people involved in places where they weren't normally written off. Yes. I mean, you're talking about a real movement here. Yes. Like, not, not let's just flip the Texas. We're talking like Teddy Roosevelt with going in with the Bull Moose Party kind of yes. movement here. I mean, we're, we're not talking small politics no, here. So. It's not small. No, so this is, this is why I, I, I get so excited about this for sure. Exactly. It, it, you know, I've seen it. Well, it can happen again. Yeah, and that's the other reason why, because of what I encounter out there mm -hmm. when I volunteer. I don't necessarily give a lot of credence to what the pollsters or the other people have to say. Not that, the, that there's anything wrong or that they're not knowledgeable, but I think a lot of people, especially are just out there, just like I know in Tarrant County, that were sort of underneath mm -hmm. the surface yes. that it, 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 it took showing up to actually vote and getting yes. the vote out 
before you actually knew what was out there. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, what was possible and exactly. where, what the population and the demographics were. So, exactly. You know, I I wanted to believe that there were enough people out there because of the people I spoke with. But honestly, I didn't actually know for certain until after the results. And, and, and frankly, that's the that's the kind of the I think the lesson learned here is you can't just sit on your couch and hope. No, no. You really got to get out and you, you, you do. like it's. We're grad. You got to get out and volunteer. You got to even if you can't block walk, even if you can't clipboard, make a phone call, write a letter to the editor. Exactly. You know, wear your shirt down and go to you know go to a food bank or something. I mean, exactly. Beto's campaign is all about activism yes. where it needs to be. So just do something. Be active. Yes. Don't just sit on the couch anymore. I think well, that's he got, really the. He got a he got a lot of people off the couch. Yes. I yeah. mean, amazing how many people he got off the couch. So I actually wanted to ask you because he got you off the couch. Yes. <laughs> and uh, you've been doing some amazing, amazing organizing and putting together some uh, amazing organizing groups. And you kind of sent me this list of uh, how to do it. Yes. So um, I just like to ask you, like, how do you do it? How do you go about organizing? Because here's the question I have is we have people who say I'm in Michigan and mm -hmm. I'm the only Beto supporter around yeah I look on the map and there's the next closest event is 150 miles away right you know what do we tell those people how do they say With an mm -hmm. event on the map yeah. so I had never volunteered I had no network I mean Linda obviously has had the benefit of being in the Democratic Party and mm -hmm. having a network I was an island and uh, the first event I signed up for, absolutely nobody signed up to do it. Um, so I wasn't. What did you sign up for? Just I curious. signed up to do a canvas, and nobody oh, showed up. Okay. And uh, I didn't take it personally. So what I did is I just started scheduling a whole bunch. Like okay. I would schedule them way out in advance, and I would schedule two to three a week. Well, the second one, one person showed up. So you think consistently, like every yes. week, scheduling the yes. same one over yes. and over? Yes, because people, if they get an email or they get notification, it may not be good for that week, but if they can go out and look forward to, and if they see it consistently, okay. they know that there's activity, right? Okay. So scheduling stuff um, with the campaign on the website is really important. And um, so there were two of us that walked um, the second week that I signed up. And every door that we knocked on where somebody said they supported Beto, we said, great, will you come volunteer with us? Will you be on our canvassing team? We literally had one gal who put her shoes on and left. <laughs> so I complained that one person signed up, but we ended up with three at the end. Hey, you know what? Those things happen. That's exactly. one thing you find when you start block walking. Like, interesting things start happening. Exactly. <laughs> so if you block walk... Make sure every time you find a supporter, you ask them, come volunteer. Mm -hmm. If you can walk with me, that would be great. If you can do other things, engage them. When people feel pulled into mm -hmm. a campaign, they have a tendency to be more vocal. You know, they talk about it just if, around the water cooler, if nothing else. Hey, I got out and I did this for this candidate this weekend, right? Mm -hmm. And you may just say it to the right person who might be better curious. And, uh, you know, you that's a good to, way to put it. Yeah, you, you might be able to give them all the goods on Beto. Yeah. But, um, so, but I was still not getting the traction and the numbers. And I had actually never participated with any um, Democratic Party or Republican Party or anything. But I went and I tracked down the chairman of the Parker County um, Democrats. And met with her. Found for about, him, how'd you find him? Like on Facebook, Twitter? Uh, yeah, I just, well, actually, I did a Google search, and fortunately, Parker County Democrats had mm -hmm. a website. 
And, and I, I think most uh, most, most do. Um, pretty much every if you if you're like interested like. Democratic County precinct chairs are not hard to find. No, if no. you need to find them. And that's exactly what I did. I went to her and I asked for all the precinct chairs. But what I also did is I said, look, if I schedule better events, will you put it on your Democratic calendar and party calendar? And they did. They started putting my mm-hmm. events on their calendar. Because they're there to support candidates, too. Absolutely. And then I just said to her, you know what, I want to be your indispensable person. Anybody who you know, says Beto to you, I want you to give them my name and my phone number, and um, I want to be your contact person because she's busy. You mm-hmm. know, she runs. Um, and they're often volunteers and part time, if for that. And, yeah. Ex- exactly. And so I became the Parker County Beto contact, mm-hmm. and um, I got the name and phone number of every precinct chair, and I said, "Hey, you know, this is who I am." And I asked them, "How familiar are you with your voters in your precinct? Do you walk your precinct? How do you stay in touch with your?" Um, voters in your precinct and then I just told them I'm going to walk your precinct because every precinct chair is actually supposed to have contact with their voter and um, and I would tell them I'm putting together a group of people and we're going to pick your precinct clean we're going to walk it and they were just like hallelujah yeah. so <laughs> I mean, let us be real these precincts are big they're yes. not they're not easy to walk as one individual and yeah they could get we yeah, need okay. to change okay. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and if they can get help um, absolutely you know they, they're it's not like they're gonna. Show, that's not like you're gonna show up to a precinct chair, say, "Help me get Beto on the uh, elected," and they're gonna turn you down. Exactly. <laughs> that's not gonna happen. No, and they got out and walked with me, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? And they were able to um, point me to their influencers mm-hmm. in their precinct, which mm-hmm. is really important. Anytime you can find an influencer. Mm-hmm. So it's all about those local, just making those local connections with a- people. Absolutely. So if I were to tell somebody, how do you get the most traction, get the most volunteers? It would be a schedule a lot of events just be consistent because if you're consistent people begin to see that there is interest there's activity to go to your local party your precincts mm-hmm. and just make yourself the indispensable person that they're actually looking for to help them get out the boat mm-hmm. um, and there's lots of groups different groups that you can engage with um, and Tarrant County has a, a Hispanic uh, Latino uh, Democratic group okay. I personally watch the Democratic calendar in Fort Worth Mm -hmm. and I watch the Parker County and I sign up on I sign up events to do there so let me get tell you a classic example of why this is a benefit yeah I signed up um, there was a huge Latinx kickoff in Texas during the month of September I signed up to have an event at the kickoff of the Latinx celebration uh, for the month I went in, I ended up finding 14 Beto supporters at the event. They have now signed up. But what was really important is I got bilingual people. Right. They turned me on to an organization called JOLT, J-O-L-T. You can actually get on their website. And if you're running canvases and you need uh, bilingual people, um, it's not just Hispanic bilingual. Oh, really? They actually, yes, they actually have a list of just about every. Oh, wow. Yes. Every, I need to know about that in Houston because we definitely ex- run into exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. So if you're in an area where there's a really heavy Asian community, you can get a hold of Jolt. They can put you in touch with um, activists 
who will get out and walk walk with you. Oh. Yes. So it's a really you know you you, okay. you if if you engage you will learn something that you can pass on okay. to other people. Yeah, that's great. Great. And then I guess like just obviously the obvious ones like you know young Democrats parties or like college yes. campuses. How do you approach a college student group? Like what what would you even say if you wanted to go to a student group? Uh, actually, I use social media okay. and I found the president of every young Democrats group. Mm -hmm. Um, on every campus of every college in Tarrant County and um, and Weatherford. And I got a hold of them and I said, hey, tell me who the Beto supporters are. They networked me to the mm -hmm. Beto supporters. Mm -hmm. And I now work with them to make sure that every, on the debates, that they're filling out the forms with the university and hosting a debate watch party. Mm -hmm. um, I am stick, sticking close with them. I'm trying to make sure that if they're mm -hmm. going to do any kind of activism on campus, that they have the support and materials right. and information. You're there, you're there for them, so they'll be there for you is the idea, Yeah, right? so what's interesting is some people, um, Brian, feel really overwhelmed. And being an organizer, even though I, I'm a doer also, Linda's a doer, because uh -huh. I, I, I couldn't mm -hmm. just organize anymore. I've got to be able to talk to voters yeah, and see yeah. what they say, right? <laughs> But if you've got management skills, you know, if you've come up in the corporate world or not-for-profit world and, and you've got management skills, the best thing that you can do is go out and organize groups of people mm -hmm. who find their own energy. There will always be a leader in that, that group. That is something I've survived. Yeah, you get better supporters together and yes. good things start happening. You yes. don't like, it, like, that was one of the things when I went to the steak fry recently. Um, you know, it was just a dozen of us, maybe, eh, maybe about 12, 18 of us, mm -hmm. about a dozen, I guess. Um, and we just sit there shooting the shit after we're done things, and yeah. good things start coming out of that. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, I got this going on, I got this going on, I got this going exactly. on. Exactly. these leaders going, yeah. Exactly. So if you, can, if you can do the heavy lifting to be able to lift a group mm -hmm. who you find that natural leader in that group, and then you say to them, I am quickly going to leave you. Mm -hmm. You call me if you need anything. But I'm not going to do the detail work anymore. You are the leader. You need to be in charge. Make them accountable for it. And make them accountable. Give them, you know, give them contacts within the campaign to make sure that they've got the support. All let the them resources know. they need. Exactly. Yeah. Make sure and let them know I'm out there to help them. But um, it's funny because I, you know, I run some uh, DM groups on Twitter. Yeah. A lot. In fact, you got me started on Twitter, believe it or not. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I have like 50. I don't even know. I must be close to the Twitter limit. But I organized another one the other day, and um, it was to try and put all of the awesome, amazing African-American women who have a voice mm -hmm. in this campaign in touch with senior management because they just want their voice heard. They want to get feedback from the campaign. And somebody direct messaged me, and they're like, um, could you put so-and-so on as the administrator of that account? I'm like, sweetie, I don't want to be the administrator. I just want to get you guys going, and yeah. then you can actually take me out of that Walk room. Walk away, yeah. Yeah, when you guys are doing amazing things, yeah. and just know I'm there cheering That's the great thing you. about a grassroots campaign is it really is all just about making those human connections and making those personal connections. Mm -hmm. And you, like you said, you, you start finding your neighbors all of a sudden. Like, exactly. You know, exactly. <laughs> great, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do want to bring to attention about the fact that there was a story that was put out there in the Star-Telegram this past week about... They're not going to have funding for early voting on college campuses. Oh, I saw. I so part that. of the issue is that <clears throat> people need to be aware that what was possible may not necessarily be possible in 2020 moving forward. Mm -hmm. So that those people who are students 
may have to get creative in terms of making sure to get out the vote. Mm -hmm. And, yes. you know, that's, that's uh, one of the issues that I think there's some ramifications within the Republican Party that they're taking steps yeah. to try to limit the number of people who turn out and will vote Democrat. Yeah, yeah, that's a big I, thing. I actually uh, posted that to Team Beto and asked Beto to comment on that because do you guys remember they did that at Texas State mm -hmm. and they got caught and, and Beto called them out? Yeah, didn't he just recently actually ask everybody to sign a petition for uh, HBSU in yes. South Carolina, I think? Yes. That was based yeah. Same situation though well, they ended up already voting. Well, the one in Southeast Texas, mm -hmm. close to where you live, you know, there's a Supreme Court case on that one. Yeah, you know, Beto quotes that one all the time. And uh, if you've ever looked, there is a line that literally goes right down the middle of that campus, separating it into two different voting. Yep. And so yep. gerrymandered. Same thing in North Carolina. That's the thing. Same yeah, thing we say Virginia. all the time, Texas isn't a red or blue state; it's a gerrymandered state. It, it is. is it, you know, it is. So yeah, we're we're going to have to do some heavy lifting yeah. for our college campuses, especially where. Uh, but you know, and, and and that's why also you know it's still going to be an uphill battle turning yes. Texas blue no matter what. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's. Well, but we, we defeated. We have. Right, we defeated the bill where they were trying to prevent people from being able to get on buses or vans to go vote. I saw that. Exactly. I don't know why they even thought that oh was a good God. idea to begin with. I that went, was so ridiculous. I went to my state senator's office over that, and I just basically said, if you even pretend like you like this, I swear to God, I will talk to every person in this in your <laughs> like, district. Like, that's not even, that's not even a little not funny. Bit. My dad almost gave his life for that right. You're just not... Yeah. You're not going to mess around with this. Yeah, that was so and then I told her, I was like, my parents are Republicans. They were in a nursing home. I'm like, what? You don't want them to get on the bus? <laughs> like, what kind of That's what it hurts. Is it hurts like nursing home exactly. people. Like, exactly. I'm oh like, God, what kind of don't... stupid are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Republican vote there. Right. right. Uh, but anyway. So, yeah. No, thank you all very much for... Uh, for chatting with me, I uh, think. Uh, so just a shout out. Yeah. Ryan drove from Galveston up to the Metroplex yeah. in 100 degree weather. So exactly. Please give him a big uh, hey, shout out. A big you. shout out. Doing these podcasts and um, we're getting uh, we're getting some traction. Hopefully, we're getting some traction. So it's it's been it's been a quite a journey. It's been a lot of fun and yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you, Ryan, for having us today. Thank you. Thank you for thank coming you so up and helping us on. find uh, Beto voters. Out yeah. Of how many? How many did we say we got? I don't even know what we have, but it, just make Probably sure you guys know. Probably about twenty or thirty, I think. Yeah. And that's for like an hour's worth of work, I think. Yeah. It's hot, but it was good work. So. It's hot, and, and people we met some to great people from El Paso. We yeah. sat down and had some. Yeah. You know, every time I've met somebody from El Paso, we said this earlier. Every time I met somebody from El Paso, they've been just so. Oh my God, I love Beto. Yes. I've never met somebody from El Paso who has not like. Yeah. Love them. It's it's amazing. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Just to let the listeners know, there's a lot of El Paso Cowboys fans and Beto fans. Yes. We found them at uh, Cowboys Stadium. Even though today. I'm an Eagles fan, I'm out here tell, uh, uh, <laughs> boarding a tailgate for Cowboys. What Beto's got me doing. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, thank y'all very much again, and uh, I really appreciate it. So. Thanks. Awesome. Go Beto. Go Beto. Yep. Brenda is fantastic, man. She's she she's always tweeting stuff out. Yeah. Um she's always on the phones or out canvassing yeah. and she just does an absolutely phenomenal job. She is a, an inspiration. And speaking of inspirations, Ryan has been diligently working on a side project, 
because um, yeah. we all know looking ahead to better days is his is, is his main piece <laughs> i am multifaceted multifaceted he's am, he's come out of his shell and i i am pan volunteering <laughs> <laughs> you were e- equal opportunity volunteering yes. yeah so um you know we did this big trip for the steak fry uh it really wasn't podcast uh centric when i kind of planned it it was more of a you know i feel like if you're going to be in a presidential campaign in parting a volunteer maybe you should make a trip to iowa as kind of like a pilgrimage you know so i uh i the the iowa staff were planning a big thing for the steak fry and i went there and you know we did a big you know we obviously had the steak fry episode and I ended up recording a bunch of stuff, but also just sitting around and talking with people, uh, other huge beta supporters who just flew in from all over the country. Um, we started realizing that this isn't something that we can just let go. We have to keep doing this. We have to keep Beto showed up for us. So we have to keep showing up for him where he needs it. And sometimes the campaign needs a little bit of extra help in different spots, especially the early States, Iowa, New Hampshire. Um, we're planning a bunch of stuff. So we got together and, uh, came up with a group we call ourselves the better road warriors uh we just created a website betterroadwarriors.com uh go check it's a us wonderful out. website by the way i've already checked it out yep um they, those guys are doing fantastic work yeah and... so the, so yeah what we're trying to do is basically get list of people to go to events and then help organize travel uh you know get you so you know yeah we can get you set up with a roommate are uh we're renting big airbnbs so we'll have a group you know we can all sleep in this, you know share costs and share food expenses and plus we're all close or hotel blocks uh working out travel so you know we can someone could pick you up from the airport and have a rental car that you can split with like five people or something you know basically all that stuff that uh you know to travel so having a group that's dedicated uh you know the first thing was the steak fry i guess would call the inaugural trip we're planning something for uh, the Liberty and Justice Celebration, November 1st. That's going to be our next big event. Yep, but you guys are going we, back to Iowa. We're going back to Iowa, and they're trying to do it up big. Uh, I think we already got double the number of people confirmed going, buying tickets. So we're trying to get as big many people out there to Iowa as we can. But, you know, also small things. Uh, uh, we're trying to put together a group for the uh, debates in Ohio. I think we'll have a few people heading out that way. Uh, we'll have a few people heading to uh, the California convention. And uh, Chris, I think you'll actually even have a few people heading to your area to help uh, do some uh, get some signatures for ballot access. Yeah, no, actually, we were talking about the day that today uh, the the road warriors are going to come to the Hampton Roads area because we need help getting um, petition signatures to get better yeah. on the ballot in Virginia. So plug for that again. I know we mention this every um, every week, but it's super important, guys. If you can get mm-hmm. over to Virginia and uh, and help out um we really need to get better on the ballot and that's that takes petition signatures yeah and i think a few of you guys are going up to beto fest up in new jersey that's a big that's a plan as well yeah we, we got a we got a, a lot uh going on so basically if you you know if you're in the middle of nowhere and there's nothing big going around but you still want to be involved but you know you, you look us up uh check out our website sign up sign up for the events uh, hit us up on Twitter. We do a lot of our stuff uh, just organizing through Twitter DM groups 
and chatting, but you know, we got emails and other ways of getting in touch with us. So, you know, hook up with us and we'll, uh, we'll get you on the list and we'll get you set up with travel. And, uh, yeah, kind of like you said, uh, well, I think we're sending up some people to Beto Fest, uh, work with the envoys. So that, that should be a, a great time. Yeah. I- yeah, no, you guys are mm-hmm. – I've been kind of seeing what you guys have been doing and working closely with Ryan. Um, mm-hmm. I hear him talk about it. And he's been talking about it for a, a couple of weeks since you came back from the steak fry about all the stuff you wanted to do. Yeah, <clears throat> we got the website built. We're getting – you know, the, one of the nice things is we're, we are working very closely with the staff when we go to these places. So, like, they'll give us phone lists of people that we're trying to get specifically to that event and, you know, do some canvassing while we're there and really – you know, take the most advantage of our time. So yeah, we're playing. Yeah, you guys out. got out and canvassed in Iowa too. Like they, yeah, these great. guys are yeah. the the real deal. They're 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 busting their asses out there. So and uh, um, I, I yeah no absolutely sign up to to be a, a member of the Road Warriors. Getting get involved um, in different ways. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I mentioned Beto Fest. So Beto Fest is an event that's going on in New Jersey this weekend. It's uh it's hosted by jessica dross um and it, it, she's got a partnership with the uh with the envoys for beto basically it's a it's an interactive arts event um to connect the dots between radical authenticity building community and 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 beto's like idea of punk rock politics so they're they're basically having this huge festival up in new jersey it's in um marlton new jersey which i believe is south jersey from my time living there um i believe it's down towards um closer to philly i don't know gee uh jersey geography that well i know where atlantic city is and that's about it <laughs> that's pretty much where everybody knows where yeah. it is atlantic city oh man good old atlantic city that place didn't get a uh, run into the <laughs> not gutter. at all no, there wasn't a big massive failure of a, tr- a casino there at all <laughs> yeah no uh that that didn't happen no. Ever. Here's looking at you, Donald Trump. But yeah, if yeah, you get a chance, head up to um, Beto Fest. It's in New Jersey this weekend. It's a big event. They're going to do, uh, from what I've heard, what I've gleaned from it, is they're going to do more than one. So it's going to continue. It's 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 going to be a huge event. Um, it runs 2 to 6 Sunday. So um, again, I meant, we mentioned that this was, uh, this was being put on partially by the envoys. And... Um, you got a little bit of time to spend with mm-hmm. the envoys and I actually got to speak with the founder of the envoys whose uh, name is Scott. Mm-hmm. And um, just to be sure, cause I want to make sure I say his last name, right? Cause you know, if somebody, if I'm going to say somebody's name, I want to, I want to say it right. It's a <laughs> teacher uh, thing, man. No, I hear you. I'm just bad at uh, pronouncing names, but yeah, you look that up. Um, so yeah, the envoys, if you, um, you know, if you can't travel, if you're doing your thing as far as, um, you know, organizing and block walking locally, uh, or just trying to get that, but you know, not everybody's talents are necessarily, you know, in the knocking on doors or uh, picking up phone calls. Um, you know, that's incredibly important. You need to do that because that is the most effective way of convincing voters. But there's all different moving parts to a campaign. This isn't, you know, the, there's not just one way to, to campaign. There's all these different things. So the envoys, they're, they're great at uh, being able to find you and harness your talent and put it to use to the campaign no matter what it is so they do all kinds of stuff 
Um, I think you talked to Scott uh, recently. Yep, um, I talked to Scott Bramer this week. Sorry, Bramer, I wanted to make it. sure. I had a, <laughs> sorry for the the discrepancy with your with your last name, sorry. Scott. Um, I wanted to make sure I had everything right. You know, I don't want to. Yeah, people listen to this, man. People listen to me, and yeah. I, I want to make I want to be polite enough to say people's Thank names you. correctly. I'm sure he'll appreciate that. So I'm going to go ahead and bring on Scott. Hey, how's it going, Christopher? Not bad. Um, Scott is the uh, he's the founder of the Envoys. Who, for those who are in the um, in the in the the Beto Slack and on uh, Twitter, you see a lot of Twitter handles that say Envoy on them. And if you're like me, you were kind of like you knew it was kind of a big deal, but you didn't so much know what it is. So I'm bringing on Scott, and Scott's going to tell us a little bit about um, Envoys for Beto. For for Beto, for Beto, Jesus. Um, I got out of that habit a long time ago. Yeah, so, it'll, it'll happen. Dude, it just it pops out of nowhere. It's it's, it's funny to me. So um, so how did you? Go ahead. Yeah, just about the time you you know you, you think you've got one pronunciation uh, dialed in, and then you realize, uh, oh wait, I'm saying Beto and instead of Beto. Yeah, you know, it's just the subtleties of the of the of the English language. Yeah, right. No, you'd think you'd have an easy to say name with it being only four letters, but you know, right. you'd be surprised how many people get that shit wrong all <laughs> the time. And like I was saying it so wrong, and I've been saying it like at least moderately right for a while. I don't know where that came from. I guess my brain is just not functioning the way it, 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 it pro- should properly. Anywho, so Scott is the founder of the Envoys. So Scott, how did you guys, how did you find Beto? And how did that lead into you guys forming just this huge thing around him? Well, I uh, grew up in Texas um, and hit the road for California back in the mid late 80s. And um, my family's still in Texas and has always been into politics. My grandfather, um, my maternal grandfather. And, and so my mom, um, she sent me a, a live stream at some point. It must have been um, spring, late spring, early summer of 2017. And I checked it out and I was, you know, of course, Trump had been elected and things were feeling pretty grim. And uh, this guy just really resonated, uh, really gave hope and really seemed like a different kind of cat as far as politics went. And so um, I just was drawn in and and uh, I've been working on developing uh, an education app. Um, The app that I've been working on is uh, all about using ball sports as a context for uh, training and learning uh, social emotional learning skills as well as STEM skills in the context of training for ball sports. And so being online and working a lot, um, you know, around uh, the computer, uh, you know, always clicking over to Facebook when things get a little uh, draggy and, um, you know, there would be another Beto live stream. And so it just kind of grew over that, over that uh, year of 2017 through the summer um, as we got into early 2008. And 18, um, it really seemed like something was cooking. And so I started a Facebook page called USA for Beto. And um, I guess that was about February of, of 18. And it was pretty lonely on that page for, um, you know, for a while. But um, I remember there's this guy, Jesus Cortez, um, who 
Um, by and by, I came to found, find out that he also was in California, not that far from where I was, um, in Santa Cruz, California, is where I was. Old Jesus is over around Chico, but in any case, it was just Jesus, and and you know, and and then there was another uh, young woman who was coming in, and and then you know, by we got to the summertime, we had you know a fair few people. By the time we got to uh, to you know to June, July. Um, of 18, it was really starting to, to crank, and um, uh, I think the uh, the Willie Nelson um, uh, 4th of July concert, Beto played guitar and sang with Willie for three or four songs, which was just, you know, super cool. It's and, super fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was... Uh, uh, just kind of the breakout moment for me, to, you know, I mean, just seeing that this guy uh, was just so comfortable in his skin in such a high profile place where he could just get up on the stage with Willie Nelson and, and really relax and, and, um, uh, and you know, and, and just sing and play guitar. And so um, that was huge. And uh, by, as we got into August, Beto went on this whole 34 day road trip and uh, energy was picking up, picking up, um, and I think it was, it was September the 29th, um, you know, about a month, a little over a month before the election, and um, Beto did another rally in Austin, well, actually, that other Willie show, had, that when, when he was with Willie, that had been in Dallas, but he did a, he did a show in Austin with Willie, well, not a show, it was a rally, and Willie only played for like 30 minutes, but over 50,000, 50, 55,000 people showed up. I think it was the biggest political rally since Obama in like 08, um, which, you know, eclipsed everything that happened in 2016 with, with you know, anything that Hillary did or Bernie did or Trump did. Um, so, you know, you knew, and, and, and in the meantime, all along, he's getting asked constantly since... I don't know when it started, probably somewhere after the NFL um, uh, take a knee incident, you know, video at the live stream must have been around July. Yeah, I think that was about mid-July. That's when I caught on to him is when I saw that video and I, 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 I knew it was something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it, it just um, it seemed like he started getting asked that question. You go, will you run for president? You know, and and and. Um, it always seemed like Texas was going to be a long shot in the Senate, and we, you know, the polls were were never looking, uh, you know, too good. Um, but they, they started shrinking that margin, coming down to the wire, and um, you know, as we all know, he came up a little short there. And meanwhile, you know, this this USA for Beto Facebook page that we started, we had a um, a fundraiser called it Tees for Texans, and um, basically we were just raising money to uh, buy shirts from Beto that we would give away to, um, to, to people who, you know, were volunteering maybe to need another Beto shirt. And what, the way we were raising the money was by selling T-shirts. Um, so we were selling our own original T-shirts, turn around, and, you know, it was, it was just a few hundred bucks that we made. Yeah, it might have came close to a thousand bucks by the, by the time it was all said and done. So, you know, nothing big, but it gave me um, just kind of another little thing to do with the USA for Beto page. And um, so, yeah, we came down the wire and obviously came up short. But by then we'd been thinking, 
um, you know, something else is going to happen. And, uh, you know, thinking, yeah, I mean, I, I felt it. I just, I just, I just always kind of thought this guy is going to be our president. And, um, I, I was, I was in the same mindset as you, as soon as that's, I saw the numbers came came in from the, the Senate race. I was like, he's going to run for president. My wife, she pushed back on me a little bit. She's like, no, he said he wasn't going to run. He said he wasn't going to run. I said, no, no, watch. So I, I kind of kept my eye out. Like I, I, I looked at the other candidates, but I never committed to anybody because I knew Beto was going to run. Yeah. 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 It did seem kind of inevitable. Um, but it must have been well right when he right when we got out of the election and um, you know kind of got over the 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 intensity of the loss um, and and really not knowing for obviously for sure what was going to happen um, it was uh, along about December when the idea for Envoy started to crystallize and. Um, Really, I, I, what I wanted to do was was just create a, a way that volunteers could gain confidence through an online community, and uh, you know, new volunteers. Because personally, I had not been politically, you know, an activist ever. I'd always been really into politics, but had never really been an activist per se. And um, so, yeah, just. Uh, had the uh, the idea that that we could create this platform, and like I say, I'd been working on an app, doing a lot of stuff. I was living just right over the hill from from Silicon Valley in Santa Cruz, um, perched up on a uh, a ridge top just a few miles from the ocean, um, where I raised my son, and I was kind of in a space where I was um, an empty nest dad. My son had just finished uh, college, and you know I was. Um, uh, basically just you know a little despondent because of the political state of affairs in the country you know you've got a child and you, you know what it's like now that you're a dad it's you know it's it, it weighs heavy yeah it's it's super heavy and the more shit that keeps coming out i'm like oh god yeah we've had that's how i it's really how i got in, started getting really really involved and getting more ingrained into it is because of my kid yeah yeah i'd say same here you know i mean you know, I mean, it, it kind of chokes you up just thinking about it. Um, so to, to kind of put a point on, on how it all came about, you know, I, I, there were a number of volunteers that were working with us with the USA for Beto page um, that had, I say volunteers. I mean, we were all, we were basically, we were working on online with uh, building this platform, building this, this Facebook page is all it really was. And... Um, but knowing that I wanted to kind of jump the tracks out of that, that lane and, and, uh, you know, and spread our wings and, 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 and create something that was going to empower people that were, you know, like, like myself who hadn't really had that much experience in, uh, being an activist and, you know, give them a place to get confidence, to, to learn policy, to have a supportive community around them and um, see if we could get that, you know, kind of distributed across the country. Obviously, I'd named the, the page USA for Beto, so I was always kind of thinking um, big like that. And, 
you know, in the back of my mind, I was always kind of thinking that, that we were leading up to this moment. And so here we are, it's December 18, coming into 19, and, um, you know, all the speculation, you're starting to get, you know, the, the, the kind of pundits um, that were kind of, um, you know, on the Democratic side, um, uh, taking, you know, pot shots at Beto on the... Uh, a uh, fossil fuel uh, issue and some other things that came from the fr from the Senate campaign, where um, you know he had taken you know no PAC money, obviously, but just because there were some fossil fuel executives who had donated just as individuals, you no, know, they were taking it to him on that. And and I forget. Let's see. I'm trying to remember what the other early stage issue was. I think the guy's name was David Sirota. Um, he was a former. Uh, Bernie spokesman, and there was a woman, I believe her last name is Brunig, with the Washington Post, who um, was taking some pretty intense shots at him. That's in December of, of 18. And so, you know, that's kind of that's kind of where this whole media barrage really started. Um, and so meanwhile, we're starting up envoys at the same time, not really thinking a whole lot about the media barrage or whatnot or what, you know, what was to come over the coming months. Um, knowing pretty in there somewhere that he had that date with Oprah in February coming up and and um, and uh, having you know kind of read the the between the lines on what Beto had said uh, and so you know feeling pretty good about the whole thing and so was getting some good feedback from some of the people that I'd been working with on, on the USA for Beto page um, regarding the, the, the proposal that I had put together a kind of uh, PowerPoint on and run it by some people and whatnot. And um, so, yeah, by the time um, the new year hit, uh, we were a week or two into starting to build it. And um, uh, as we got into into February, um, there there was really the feeling that that he was going to. Well, he had said that he was going. I forget exactly the date, but he had said that he was going to let us know, kind of what was up by the end of February at a certain point. And I remember that. Yeah. So I think um, I, I, there there was the there was the the event where Trump went to El Paso. And um, that must have been around the 10th or 11th of February, somewhere right in there. And, and of course, Beto did the, he, he, he collaborated with other activists in El Paso and did the, the um, I believe it was called the March for Truth uh, or something like that. And um, Yeah, I believe so. I believe it was the March for Truth. Yeah, that was a, that was a big moment, but that was right when we were really starting to get rolling, and we we took you know I knew that we got we needed to get the thing kind of away from Facebook, um, but we had all these kind of Facebook, um, you know, um, people are you know um, let's put it this way: a lot of the people that were helping get it off the ground were a little bit more on the older side and comfortable with Facebook, and so. Um, I thought, okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take the kind of digital headquarters into Workplace, which was, um, which is a Facebook product, and um, that will make it more comfortable for for everybody to kind of you know take the plunge into a different digital platform. And uh, meanwhile, around that time, uh, Kari Ramirez, um, who had been 
helping with uh, with the USA for Beto page as an admin. Um, she had gone out um, to Nebraska, um, and uh, she had there had been a family um, issue there, and she had come back. And when she got back, she had kind of had a um, you know, she had really come to realize that you know what, man, I'm 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 all in on this thing. So Kari and I spent um, the last, you know, the, the the remainder of February really just trying to get this thing together, get our proposal together, and the idea was is that we wanted to create this platform, and and we wanted to get it inside underneath the umbrella of the campaign. We, as opposed to being out in the greater grassroots world floating around, because we knew it was going to be, um, you know, the kind of campaign where you're 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 going to, um, you know, it's it's going to be no packs. There's going to be you know very there's going to be no money to to keep things rolling. So it's always a mystery of how the heck are we going to sustain ourselves. Meanwhile, I've kind of let my whole um, I've put my my app development on the back burner at that point and I'm just working you know night and day literally seven days a week um, you know oftentimes uh, I don't know 18 hours a day um, so to speak I mean not literally but you know I mean it was just everything and um, and we're really going for it up until that uh, that end of the February point because we wanted to have our ducks in a row to present to Beto and so we did and um, that was, uh, um, you know, it was it was seemed like a race, but we wanted to get that proposal into him before we felt like all hell would break loose, right as he announced. And uh, sure enough, he kind of put it off a little. He he said, "Well, we, uh, you know, we've made a decision, but we're going to announce it in in a little bit, you know, in a couple of weeks or whatever." And um, and so we used that time to keep adding value every day to what we were doing and um, hoping that we were going to hear from him. And uh, I had used um, a, a contact to, to get our proposal to him. Um, and uh, uh, anyway, just hoping for, you know, just knowing that the guy's going to have a million things going on and, and that our, our little, you know, uh, grassroots dream um, and, and prototype to get under his campaign's wing was probably going to be, you know, pretty ancillary. And so sure enough, um, you know, he announced, and it was uh, we, we we were in contact with 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 Zach Mallets, who uh, Zach Mallets was from the from the Bernie campaign, had been with him during the Senate, and was uh, he was working with a woman by the name of Becky Bond, and they had really been uh, the kind of distributed. Uh, campaign organizing kind of gurus of the of the Senate run, and um, they were our initial. Or, or Zach was our initial point of contact, and uh, and so Zach fell out. Zach and Becky fell out of the uh, of the of the team for whatever reason. I don't. I still don't really know. But there seemed to be no kind of uh, hard feelings about it. But it did happen right around the time that that uh, it seemed like. Uh, you know, Beto brought in new team members, um, and uh, and when he when he kind of signed up, Jen O'Malley, I believe, you know, that she probably she's got you know all kinds of of um, contacts throughout the political world, and so you know more than likely 
there was just a team that was already going to be with her. And I think really maybe what happened was was they were just not going to focus on such a, 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 a distributed type of campaign um, like Beto had in, in the 254 counties of Texas. And it was just, hey, look, Beto, you know, I mean, the country's too big for that. I'm, I'm guessing, I don't know this for a fact, but... Um, it seemed like that that might have had something to do with with why Zach and, and Becky um, moved on. And um, and so, I, I, you know, I, I, I still don't really know if there's any truth to that or not. But um, mm -hmm. with respect to the, you know, the distributed uh, strategy that seems to have uh, now become definitely post August the 3rd um, uh, has become for sure the, the the way so you know the way that that Beto is rolling again and and um, so that is kind of uh, you know that gives you a, a a pretty good feel for for how we got um, down the road into um, into the campaign but really um, I, I still hadn't met Beto at that point I still hadn't really got had had I, I'd been in touch with Zach Mallets and now he's gone. Um, we've had a few curveballs at this point with kind of detractors and challenges in this scene. And, um, you know, it, it was uh, there, there was there were a lot of hurdles to, to kind of get over just to kind of um, finally, you know, meet Beto. And uh, I met him and and uh, must, must have been early April in Reno. And um, Beto introduced me to, well, you know, let's just say when I, when I met Beto, uh, we were surrounded by, you know, a scrum of like reporters and his people and supporters. And it was after an event uh, at the University of Nevada, Reno, which is close to where I used to live in the Tahoe area. So it was kind of a special place. Also right near where my son was born. And... Um, in any case, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I kind of nervously approached Beto as he's walking to this pack of reporters that were waiting for him. And uh, I said, hey, Beto, you know, and he stopped, he turned around, you know, and, and I kind of went into my, my little pitch about, you know, we've got this, this organization that we've been working on. It's called Envoys for Beto. Have you heard of it? And he's like, no. And I was like, shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, you know, the, I kind of recovered from that, you know, and you know, somehow, you know, spit out my my little spiel with that curveball. And and uh, and he was like, you get this is exactly what we need. You know, this is you guys are, you know, and I'd say, hey, you're not going to be able to get rid of us. We're going to we're going to be with you all the way, man. And so he, anyway, he was uh, he was very receptive from the word go. But the really cool thing was it was, like I said, it was this 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 pack of people and, and reporters and, and energy. And you know how it can be on a scene like that. Everybody wants to talk to Beto and and um, everything just stopped when he when I when I approached him and 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 he you know he he tuned in to me and it was it was just like everything stood still we were kind of in a road we're kind of in a, in a in a road that had been closed and all these reporters are standing in this road 
And um, anyway, it was it was just a kind of a magical moment where time just stood still for a second. And yeah, I, uh, I totally get that feeling. I, I met him in Charlottesville and before, before he'd gone over to Fairfax and he makes you feel like you're the only person on the planet, regardless of all of the shit that's going on around you. Exactly. It's crazy feeling. Yeah. Yeah. That that really does uh, kind of nail it. You know, he that's how I felt. You know, it's like. Wow. And so in any case, um, he entered three days later, I was meeting with uh, with with uh, Courtney Wheeler, who is um, uh, I think Courtney is on the kind of the political side of, of the campaign organization. But she's an attorney from Texas who was living out in Tennessee and um, uh, she had been hired by Jen. And um, and so anyway, meeting her was a real turning point. And uh, before too long, uh, she had us um, in Austin in a meeting with Lauren Brainerd, who'd been brought on to be the um, national director of organizing, and uh, been working very closely with Lauren ever since. So anyway, that's that's kind of the pathway. That uh, but you know the, the thing about it is obviously the, the 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 whole campaign, the way it's gone, beginning with all you know back in. Um, December, when, like I say, Sirota and Brunid were taking these shots at him. We were just, I don't know, we just weren't quite ready for that. We'd been in this whole different space for the Senate campaign. and um, But we built up our, our infrastructure for envoys diligently with all kinds of educational resources and all kinds of kind of structural systems and uh, uh, lots of lots of planning, lots of system development. And... Um, we're really kind of ahead of the campaign in a lot of ways um, for a long time. I mean, for, you know, into the summer um, and in and, and many aspects as Beto's still bringing on uh, team members, you know, all the way up through mid-July or something in there, I think is when it Yeah, kinda... I think he's still bringing on team members. Like, they open new offices all, all the time. Like, it's it, he, they've done a really good job of, of staying staffed and staffed with really, really bright people. Yeah, yeah, it is amazing. I... And, and so many of them, you know, young people who it's like um, just super talented. Uh, I was in a meeting just yesterday, I think it was day before yesterday, with Alex Coopersmith, who so many people have, have had the chance to work with. Young guy who's, um, you know, doing organizing. and um, just. I've talked the... to him a few times. He's a, he's a pretty cool guy. Yeah, yeah, just you know, really with it. And, uh, and just, you know, uh, so many, so a lot of these folks have, have worked together before, you know, and, and, um, I think, um, uh, like Lauren's, uh, team for the organizing group, um, with Manfred McCoy and, um, and then this uh, guy, Sean, who's moving over to, to join as the, as the distributed, uh, campaign model kind of guru now from South Carolina in in a week or so. Um, all have worked together before, and so, and, and then I think, um, you know, a lot of them have worked with Jen before, so um, really kind of probably a bit of an all-star team that, that Jen kind of assembled. Yeah, no, the the team is just really, really, really strong. Um, I know there's a lot of uh, members who had worked on the Obama campaign as well. But uh, to your point, um, just in the whole realm of the, the envoys is a lot of, 
the I guess the campaigns really propped up really by the volunteers like you guys were ahead of the curve with a lot of the things that you were doing before they 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 were even fully staffed like you're the way that you guys have handled the digital rollout has been fantastic Ryan was telling me that um, during the debate, you got like nine different graphics out in 10 minutes or like a minute or something like that. Some, some dumb number, like you guys yeah. do have, have, have been just a bit of ahead of the curve on a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There was, um, a couple of our team members, um, uh, Matt Beto, um, I, I think they might've both met him for the first time. Uh, Stacy and, um, Donna met, met Beto and after the Plano event the other day and, and, um, they, I, I saw a picture that Cynthia took of, uh, of them explaining to Beto how I believe the number was something like, um, in the course of the debate, he had put out, um, he, he, he had, X amount of minutes, I'm going to guess it was like 12 or, you know, some really small amount of relative minutes. But in any case, they had extracted, um, you know, I, I think maybe 15, 18, 19 uh, statements and transcribed those statements um, into graphics that they had already prepared before the debate. And there was a team of uh, about four or five people and they're editing this down. They're matching the, you know, they're, they're, they're doing the final copy of the, of the text that from Beto's mouth onto the graphics that they had in, in laying in wait that they had diligent, diligently prepared for that moment for the, you know, during the week or two before and um, and and then um, another team standing by to push those graphics, you know, those, those memes, um, out into uh, you know the digital space on all the various platforms. Um, so it was, um, it, yeah, that that was uh, that was a so that that made Beto's jaw drop. I and I, I know it's a podcast. You not nobody's going to see the picture, but too bad. You, we should po we should post the picture somewhere um and uh, uh for posterity sake oh was... absolutely you get if you get me that picture i can put it on when we when we launch the episode absolutely right on that's uh that's cool man and i know you guys got a lot of stuff um going forward you know you guys are uh we're actually starting to partner with you guys a little bit the the uh the envoys have actually helped us work on shirts and get our information out there these guys are fantastic like y'all are doing amazing 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 work um, and I know you guys have a lot of big stuff coming up, so we're not going to, we're not going to spoil any of that, but I, I, what I really want to do is I really want to thank you for coming on and, and explaining all of this and telling y'all's story because it's such an uplifting thing. Like you guys started from nothing really. You just kind of had this idea right. and you, and you ran with it and you know, that's kind of what Beto inspires and that's how we got the podcast started. So, you know, it'd be nice to have two things kind of work together in that, in that aspect that have started out of nothing for something that it could be something much, much bigger. Exactly. Yeah. That, that is uh, the beauty of it, huh? It, it is absolutely beautiful. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to working with uh, with all of you guys, but I wanted to thank you so much for coming on and talking with us. You guys have a platform here anytime you want. All you've got to do is shoot me a message. We really appreciate it, Christopher. So nice to, to be working with you and Ryan. You guys have a great chemistry and uh, looking forward to doing lots of wonderful things together. Absolutely. Take it easy, man. All right, you too. And 
thanks again to Scott for for coming out and uh, and talking with me and really tell me how the envoys got started. Because to be honest with you, I had no idea really what the envoys were. I had kind of seen them around uh, via Twitter, mm-hmm. but that's about as far as I got. And I guess that would be a good time to plug the fact that we are selling shirts. Yeah. Like, we, we're selling like for real for real <laughs> that, not ones i made in my kitchen like real <laughs> ones um we actually have them up on the the envoys shop we are doing a bit of a uh, we're working with the envoys we're kind of helping them out with some of their media they're kind of helping us out get get our message across so i'm really really excited to, to be working mm-hmm. with them especially now that i know what they do and who they are um but yeah if you guys uh check out the the link we've got it linked on our uh, on on our twitter you mm-hmm. can go and check out our shirts there's it's in white and in black and the money that we make actually um goes to making sure we can stay up with equipment and get the places that we need to be because not everybody can go to iowa but ryan can so we send him (laughs) but we still need uh yeah there's still lots i mean so much more we could be doing um so yeah like you say we're selling shirts we're coming up with other ideas um you know the shirts we're definitely we don't want to be competing with beto's campaign so we're you know donating half the proceeds of that to the campaign yep Um, absolutely but yeah, uh, so check us out and uh, check out the envoys. Uh, thanks for Scott for coming on. And, uh, and let's. I'm sorry. Oh, let's go ahead and get. get yeah, to let's the, bring the, the rest of them on. Yeah. <laughs> let's go ahead and get the the uh, the interview with the envoys. Yeah. So I am out here at the Iowa Steak Fry, and I am with the co-founder of the Envoys for Beto and a couple of envoys out here. So uh, let's just go around the room and uh, introduce yourself. So uh, what's your name and like where you're from? And... Uh, my name's Kari Ramirez, and I'm the um, co-founder of Envoys for Beto, and I'm from San Diego, California. Mm-hmm. I'm Donna Compton, and I'm a volunteer for Envoys for Beto, and I'm from Dallas, Texas. I am Brandy Lewis, and I am also a volunteer for Envoys, and I'm from Asheville, North Carolina. Everybody's hoarse from uh, <laughs> cheering for Beto. A lot of chanting. Yeah, a lot of chanting um, yesterday. Screaming. Yeah, screaming and stuff. Giving so. our enthusiasm. Right, right, right. So y'all are obviously super fans. <laughs> you came all the way yes. out here. You got the invoice. Yeah. So that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of, so you've been kind of talking to me about invoice. Uh, I mean, it's, y'all obviously super fans, so this is a huge super fan group, but like, what else? What else do y'all do? Because you keep telling me all these different things you do. So, like, oh, what gosh, is in life? Or okay, yeah, <laughs> like, like, what is? What do you mean? This is what we do. Yeah. Um, so originally, um, the way I got kind of hooked into this whole thing is I was a supporter from San Diego to um, for Beto's uh, Senate campaign, and I was very. I was just an excited supporter on Facebook, and there was a group called USA for Beto on Facebook, and I would it was kind of became this little community, and we were all talking, and and um, and Scott Bramer, who was the um, originator of that Facebook page, um, reached out to me in December. Actually, we were looking over it now as we look back, and so December was the time that he messaged me on Facebook and was like, I am seeing all of this online support in Facebook mm-hmm. and um, yeah because we were talking about that earlier for a Senate campaign like just it, you go on Facebook it's just better 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 right? all up and down all up it was yeah. Twitter as well yeah yeah. Oh. yeah and it was incredible and so 
we didn't know if he was going to run. We were hoping he was going to run. We fingers crossed that he was going to run. And he said, um, do you want to, you know, I see all this online support and mm -hmm. I want to, I want to turn it into action for his presidential campaign. Just kind of campaign. harness that, yeah. And just harness that. And I was like, I'm in. Yeah. Um, because I, you know, was watching like all of it. Well, you were in Texas, but watching from afar and feeling like you couldn't quite do enough um, because it, you didn't live in Texas, and, mm -hmm. and so it was that perfect moment of like I, I'm all in because I have been watching him for so right. long, and um, yeah. So that was December, and I kind of had to tie up some loose ends in life, and then we went full board in February, um, and our birthday is. I might get this wrong. We're counting our birthday as, um, I think, March 6th officially mm -hmm. when we um, organized where we are on Workplace right now. So in the beginning, we were just a messenger on Facebook. Like We were just a messenger just chat talking about amplifying and get him, his mm -hmm. word out. Mm -hmm. And um, and that's all we were. It's this little message group, and then we've grown yeah. to what we are now. So y'all just jumped on the message board then? With, at the head I head. actually, I had gone to see Beto for the first time on Father's Day uh -huh. in Greenville, South Carolina, and I messaged, I put a comment on the live stream, and Scott saw it. I was wondering, yeah, I and want to hear your stories and <laughs> how you got he, on board. He asked me if I was interested in, in joining, and at first I was like, oh gosh, no, that sounds overwhelming. <laughs> but I wanted to get involved. I just didn't yeah. know how. Yeah. Right, right. So, yeah, I was like, okay, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. It took me one night to think about it. I was like, I'm doing it. I got to do everything I can mm -hmm. for this guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. So, awesome. I, I actually, I was, I'm, since I'm from Texas, I've been working, I feel like, my whole life for better. <laughs> um, the last three years, certainly. And uh, so, you know, when, when we had that narrow loss, I pretty much, I, as I told Beto last night, uh, that we willed him to run for president. Yeah. He doesn't realize it, but all of his Senate <laughs> people, we willed him to. And he said, and he responded, he said, so you knew before I knew I was running. I yeah. said, pretty much we did. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and basically, if, if I get a message on my phone that there's a live stream of Beto, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. It, mm -hmm. I stop, mm -hmm. I'm on, I'm mm -hmm. watching. And I kept seeing these envoys Envoys, envoys for better. I was like, what is this envoy thing? You know, because it, I didn't, it wasn't yeah. there during the Senate race. I'm yeah. like, how did I miss this envoy thing during the Senate race? Because literally, it was my life yeah. during the Senate race. Uh, and so I googled envoys for better and went to their website and submitted a form. And then, yeah, and that was in April. And April oh. is when I, when I, I think it, maybe early May. I'm not quite sure. But it every feels day, like but ten years. Ten years. Yeah. It does. It does. And, and yeah. And we, the the three the three of us, and really all of us, mm -hmm. including you, we didn't even meet until today, and so or not today, this weekend, mm -hmm. like Thursday, and I feel like I've known you guys forever, mm -hmm. yeah. um, and that's kind of it gives me a sense of pride, because that was one of the things that came out of it that we weren't really working towards necessarily. Um, but just as it unraveled that we were actually creating a sense of um, family and friendship, yeah. not just work for Beto and get him elected, and that was our goal, and out of that became like this beautiful sense of community. Yeah, that's, that's something that really struck me this weekend is how everybody just kind of, yeah. like, we're just all one big happy family. Right. Like, yeah. really is. Yeah. You start talking to other Beto supporters. I, I think I said to someone, there's no such thing as a half-ass Beto supporters, so, no, no. you know, and everybody out here was just 
you know, all in and great energy and everything. It, so, it's an yeah. amazing experience. Yeah. Yeah. Because at home, I feel like I'm one of a few. Mm-hmm. Coming here, I just feel so much energy that right. I just want to take back and be like, come on, oh, don't you all yes. feel it too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, and it's funny because uh, I like what you said. Um, you know, especially during the Senate campaign, you work remotely or, you know, if you're not there. Because I hear from people all the time, I'm in the middle of Michigan. You know, I'm in the middle of Minnesota. There's nobody around me. There's no events around me. So this is an opportunity for people to like, yes, let's get involved and start doing stuff, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. just kind of, you don't have to be the specific spot. Just everybody yeah. getting involved, right? and, and the great thing about, you know, technology these days and having the online platform is that, is that we can create that online. Right. And by creating that online, it goes out to the community. So mm-hmm. one of my favorite stories about Brandy, and I told you this, is um, we were talking about hosting a debate watch party, and she was like, I don't know, I'm so nervous, I can't do it. And and she posted that in one of our groups, and we all, you know, just different envoys started commenting, mm-hmm. and we were like, we can help you, we'll do this, mm-hmm. we're gonna give you the confidence. And now you're like, I'm addicted to hosting things. I'm, <laughs> hosting, I'm hosting like four things this month. Like, what else can I host? That's this awesome. is so fun. I'm bringing people together. There are people out there. I just didn't know they existed. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, again, just a kind so of, it's a kind of like a support sense system. of pride of that's like, what we want to do is we want to we wanna reach out to those people all over the country and that, that just need some extra support and some confidence. And... And we can do that and create that online, which is incredible to be able to do. Yeah, because like ground. this is like and I've said this before on the podcast. Like this is the first uh, campaign I've ever been involved with in the primary. Mm-hmm. Me too. And really, I mean, the yeah. previous to the only thing I've really done campaign wise is I block walk for Hillary a few times. And I've never really been involved mm-hmm. in the campaign. So, yeah. that, that's much more than I've ever done. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so I voted for the president. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. And. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. At the, so, at the end of the day, you know, it's like, oh, how am I going to block? You know, how do I organize a block walk? How do I organize a, a, a watch party or whatever? Yeah. And that's one anything. thing we do. We, yeah. we have an education uh, mm-hmm. group that we're putting together just like one pagers on how to host a Beto uh, Rocks mm-hmm. meetup, how to host a Beers for Beto meetup, how to, we're working on uh, some training material on how do you get the most effective post on mm-hmm. Facebook or on Twitter? What's the best, how do you come up with the hashtags? You know, to, but to more amplify. than the training material, also just having that support structure. Absolutely. Like, I think today and, that's and the we're valuable all, you know, thing. You know, the, like, we um, get questions posted on our, exactly. our Hangout all the time. I and, want to do this. How do we do this? And you know, and we're talking, all there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. For for me, it has become my social world mm. uh, because I I have been passionate about politics my whole life, um, in in doing all of these ideas, and my husband is very supportive. He's a better uh, supporter, but not as extreme as I am. And so I sometimes, you know, I have exciting news like a post or a, a poll or a comment by. Like Michael Moore posted an awesome tweet yesterday about Beto, and you know instead of 
going to him and telling about it because it's like, okay, better one more time. Um, <laughs> like, like this morning, he said, I thought you were going to call me and tell me you left me for better. Okay? So, so you now understand that dynamic. But I just hop on Workplace, go to our Hangout, and go, hey, guys, look at this. You know, I have somewhere that I know people who understand me. They understand my passion and and right, uh, about right. Beto, and, and and then we all get excited together. So well, yeah. So besides training videos and stuff, and obviously the big support and helping, I I was hearing stories about other stuff you guys do, like mm-hmm. uh, transcribing things and creating graphics and all that. Yeah, other we have stuff. an unbelievable graphics team. Yeah. Uh, that that we're recruiting more people. So uh, <laughs> we're always looking for more. Um, we this last debate. Uh, well, we're. We're turning out graphics daily. Literally, I'm editing a graphic while we're doing this podcast. But um, uh, uh, for the debate, the last debate, we had we had teams of two at different levels. So uh, Carol, who was here, yeah. uh, was she and I were transcribing every every word that Beto said on the debate, mm-hmm. and she would start from the the beginning, and I would come behind her because she basically transcribes during the day as a job and I've done editing all my life for various things. So I was the editor and like 10 seconds after he said his last statement and they went to another candidate, she finished up, I finished up and we pushed it over to our team of two who were pulling quotes Mm -hmm. out of the words, who passed it on to our graphics. Uh, Stacy is our graphics guru and she she plugged it into pre-made graphics. So mm-hmm. we would just find the right picture, she'd plug it in, and then she'd send it to the editing team. And there were two of us who would check off to make sure there weren't no typos, you know, no typos or, or it was too far to the left yeah, yeah, yeah. or it needs to come yeah. down here. And then we had a team, uh, of, a couple of teams that would push it out to our, our action alert. It's actually mm-hmm. take action. Yeah, we, we, we just renamed everything. Tell me, tell me about that app real quick, actually. Um, well... Yeah. There's a couple of things. Um, so the way we organize is on workplace, and and we workplace is kind of our big umbrella, like mm-hmm. our virtual um, headquarters. Mm-hmm. And then underneath that, we have specialty groups. So the hangout is where we have our national discussion. Um, everybody's in that group. When you first come in as an envoy, you're in that group, and so that's mm-hmm. how we kind of community build. Um, then we have a group called Take Action. And that's a group that has all the information on how you can sign up with the campaign to become a volunteer, um, how to join the retweet channel that Tato Day put together, who is another, another amazing person we got to meet today. Um, so you can be on this team that just retweets everything that's out there on social media. We pair with the Beto defense team. Um, and then, so all about how to take action. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in there's Josh Wolf, who is an amazing, again, so Beto brings out the best in people, and he brings the best people together. And I was trying to get that across yesterday to him and Cynthia, that we're, we're really just a reflection of their team. Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't be as good as we are if, if Beto and Cynthia and their team weren't putting that out for us to, to bring inside us. Yeah. Um, but Josh Wolf um, created a... Um, app called Spontit, which I just learned means spontaneous. Um, and so what it is, is basically it's a way to amplify social media. You get an alert on your phone. Okay. And so um, Scott, I think, is dealing with most of it right now. So he's combing through social media and finding those things that um, need to be amplified that are just, it's a great article, it's an amazing post on Twitter that's getting a lot of eyes mm-hmm. that we need to amplify. And you actually get a... Um, 
a notification on your phone, and it's basically like it's a little push notification. Yeah, a push notification, yeah. Um, and you just hit a button, and it takes you directly to that, whether it's YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, whatever he's deciding. Mm -hmm. um, and and it's pretty incredible. And Donna has put in a lot of work too to help him tweak it. So we're what we're doing with Envoys. We have no template. Like we've just mm -hmm. made up how this works and yeah that's one thing i've noticed about beto's campaign is he's definitely like he puts the power into people's mm -hmm. hands and said and we said this several times this weekend ask for uh, forgiveness not permission, not permission. so yeah. just go and out there and he said it last he night he said it last <laughs> night i was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like you're talking just talking about that, about that. so <laughs> yeah just go out there and so y'all are just going out there and you're doing it um yeah, I mean, we we're talking about how you guys were interacting with like the Slack channel, and you guys go back and forth with the. Uh, and I know you guys got some contacts with uh, this weekend, actually. Okay, we're back. So obviously, amateur hour here going on. My microphone runs out of batteries. <laughs> I hope I don't remember. I hope uh, I'm not exactly sure where we left off. So yeah, but, but I think you were talking about the. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, just, you know, really just how um, we're just able to collaborate, you know, kind of on a national mm -hmm. level with different ideas because it's going to take, you know, this is truly grassroots and it's going to take the minds and the brains of everybody to come up with, with um, you know, ways that we can mm -hmm. reach out to more people and get Petto's message out there more. Right, right. <laughs> so if, uh, if people do want to get in touch with y'all, uh, how do they do it? Um, so we have a website and it's USA for Beto 2020.org and you go to the website and you can read more about um, envoys and, and what we're about and um, at the bottom you um, just give your email and your name and then we get you into our system and so what you do is you get dropped into hangout automatically which is our na like I said our national discussion group mm -hmm. and if you just hang out there and you just stay there and that's what you want to be part of then that's great um, but as you go through training we have a three-step training process it's super short super easy um, but it just teaches you how we organize and how we work and as you go through that process you gain more access to our internal mm -hmm. um, working groups um, and then that's it. I mean, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, are you recording or? I, I'm, I'm just taking a picture. We're taking a live I, shot. I'm going to take the battery runs out of my real life. In my real life. I got to take pictures and everything. I apologize. No, no, no. This is great. This is great. This is great. Yeah. This is great so. But, yeah. All right. Well, uh, hey, so I'm definitely going to uh, sign up. Obviously, yeah. uh, <laughs> we've talked and. Uh, you know, we want to, we want to, you know, do some more stuff with you guys. So, uh, yeah. you know, we'll figure something out. And mm -hmm. uh, obviously we also talked about, you know, some of the stuff. Maybe we can start helping y'all get onto Reddit and, yes. you know, and expand your reach. Yes. So anything we can do. Um, yeah. Thanks yeah. for uh, sitting down and talking with Thank me. You. Yeah. So, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We want to, we want to collaborate with everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, I was just saying it before, we're not trying to take over anything. Um, mm -hmm. We want to collaborate and we want to work together because it's literally going to take all of us in our little groups that have come up with amazing things already. And you see it all over social media, people coming together and we just want to bring it all in under one hub to just massively amplify. Right and get him out so yeah. yeah so one more thing and before we go because uh, we always like to ask all of our Beto supporters this so um, just collectively let's just do this why 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 Beto of all the candidates what makes Beto so special 
for for me, he's the most authentic politician I've seen in my mm-hmm. la- lifetime. Mm-hmm. When he speaks, it's from the heart. He means it. Uh, and also, no packs all people. Mm-hmm. I want a president who is not up bought, there right? working for the people, mm-hmm. listening to the people, mm-hmm. and not not the corporate special interest PAC money. Yeah. Uh, and if and if it, when Beto wins <laughs> yeah. in 2020, that will change the landscape of politics forever right. and get the money out to say, yes, we can do this without the special interests. Um, and being a politician, but political buff, that's really... Right. Yeah. I, I just, like I said before, I, I knew nothing about politics. Mm-hmm. I had no interest. And then when I saw Beto, I was like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. this guy is so different. He has mm-hmm. more passion, more fire than I've ever seen in anyone. And I feel like he will fight for us and he will fight for our kids. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> You've been crying. God, I cry. I Were cry you? every time I talk about him because. You've been crying all week. She stars and then I. I see. <laughs> <laughs> and oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I'm just echoing all of that. The sentiment of he's just an authentic person. It's something I've never seen before Mm -hmm. um, and experienced, especially in a politician. Um, And he, he, just by him being him and not doing anything special, he inspires people to do and be bigger than themselves and to make the change that they want to see. So instead of him saying, I will do it. I will fix this. He goes, we're doing it together. And um, I, one of the things, when I introduced him in San Diego, which turned into a quote, which was so awkward, um, but I was like, real leaders, what they do is they, they inspire, they, they inspire by doing, and then you feel inspired to work alongside them. Mm -hmm. They're not telling you what to do. You are just wanting to be right there. Yeah, that's something that they taught me, like when I was in the army, you know. Yeah. You lead by example. Exactly. And, you, know, you, you never ask people to do something you wouldn't be willing to do. And, and my God, he does yeah, it. He does it. He cleans houses. He, yeah. he rescues and, dogs. He, and when right. it happens, you are just so more willing, at least in my personal point of view, to just put it all on the line because of how he is. And, mm-hmm. and, and um, so when people ask you to do things, sometimes you're like, okay, I'll, I'll do it, I'll do it. But when you're inspired to do it without being asked, like we were never asked Let's to do go. any of Let's what do we that. created yeah. here. Yeah. Um, and I hear a lot of people think saying, I'm so outside my zone of comfort. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. This podcast do, is outside my zone of comfort. He gets me do things that I never <laughs> thought yeah, I could do. Right. I'm a right. dog trainer by trade. I'm a <laughs> trainer, and now we're creating... Yes. Yeah. We're knocking on people's doors, and yeah. talking to strangers. Talk We're organizing strangers. a national community. I yeah. mean, come on, yeah. don't don't sell your yeah. shorts exactly. short. This yeah. is huge. Yeah, it's crazy. This is huge. It's so wild. it's been a wild ride. And yeah, it's, it's, we're just beginning. It's just it's just it just about. I I feel after this weekend, I feel like something's about to happen. Yes, yeah. like we're about to take off. He yes. made an impression in, in that yeah. speech. speech yesterday. Was I unbelievable. So. Yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah. It, 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 things are. Moving up, man. I hope it, yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Exactly. Yeah. So, hey, thanks for sitting down with me, guys. Yeah. yeah. appreciate that. This so, awesome. this is awesome. I know. Thank hugs. you very much. Yeah. All right, hugs. Oh. <laughs> you gotta be a hugger. You gotta be a hugger. Right. I'll cry. <laughs> 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 right. so, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, so thank you again. All right.
so big shout out to the envoys. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for all of the time that you spent. Like you guys took some great pictures too. Tell me about your experience, Brian. Uh, yeah, like I said, it was it was a, a great experience altogether. That's why that's why we fo- formed the Road Warriors, as I mentioned. <laughs> yeah, it was just um, you know it was it's just something that once we went there and you start becoming surrounded by Beto supporters and you realize that you're not just alone, that other people really do see what you see um it, it really kind of like you care they care like you care and they're willing to work for it that's the thing is not just yeah i'm there but being surrounded by that kind of energy it energizes you and it brings you bring that energy back home with you to want to do more um you know we said before this is a grassroots campaign it takes everybody so that means you if you're listening to this you need to step up and be a leader um, anybody can be a leader. It's not that hard, but you need to do it. You need to start organizing. You know, like Brenda said, put something on the put something on the map. Just put an event out there. You might be surprised. Keep putting an event out there. Talk to people. You know, go knock on doors. Go find people wherever they are. If it takes driving, you know, five hours away to go to Des Moines for a day, uh, do it. You know, do it because you won't regret it. If you want to get this man elected, this is what it takes. So, uh, yeah, you, it's, you know, now is a time. You can't – this isn't a type of campaign where you can just sit back and give money to tweet about and hope the candidate actually succeeds. I mean if you want that kind of campaign, go see Pete. <laughs> you know that's that's what he does you know if you want if you want he to does campa- do it well i mean you it's know. not compelling but he's, he's pretty good at it i mean if you want to compete a campaign where you actually you know you need to get out and be involved and it's about people your people you need to get out and be involved and it helps you make yeah. i like i have felt like i've made such a big difference like it's it's done a whole lot for my mental health as well absolutely like, like I feel better I've, as a person. When when Ryan started this, he was an introvert. <laughs> <laughs> still am, still am. But an introvert doesn't mean you don't like people. It just means that you're okay by yourself. <laughs> we, we know, we know. But, yeah. but we know you don't really want to. Do... No, I'm just kidding. Ryan actually does a really good job of going out and talking to people because I hate that shit too. Like it's, I hate. Like I know, well, it's easy ballots. to talk to Beto supporters. That's for Ex- sure. exactly. If you're talking to Beto supporters, it's easy. You have one major thing in common. Mm-hmm. And uh, getting back to the, the the whole support, guys, we're gonna round this episode out. You got to get out. You got to donate. You got to volunteer. You've got to get involved. If we want to see Beto in the White House, we got to put in the work. And we got to yeah. do it now. It's not just him. It's on us too. Every supporter, every donator. All of us. And uh, for now, um, we'll just keep on looking ahead to Beto Days.